welcome to Open School of Business. I am so happy uh, you guys on YouTube and uh, also listeners on Spotify started interacting with the podcast through the new Spotify feature, the Q&A and the polls. So thank you so much for that. And I, and I really want you to keep doing that and uh, sending me messages and sending me questions. Uh, and please uh, rate, uh, review, and subscribe to our channel. We're going to have even more exciting speakers every week. Today, I have Brooke uh, Joham. She is the CEO and the founder of a great app that's going to take all your gift cards and you will be able to manage them through your phone uh, on uh, through the app that this company made. And it's called Gift Pocket. So what is really exciting about this is that Brooke has founded this company when she was only 12. And today she is a student at the Boston College and uh, she is still um, going really strong with her enterprise, with her startup. And today we're going to have a conversation about how she did it as a teenager and what's to come for this great startup. So Brooke, welcome. And I'd like to start you off with a question. How hands-on are you with your company and what are you doing that is recent for the app? Well, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for having me on. Um, I know it, like, it sounds crazy that I started Gift Pocket when I was 12, but it feels like I just started it yesterday because it's an evolving company and the direction we're going right now is really exciting. But I dedicate a lot of my time to Gift Pocket. I have no classes on Mondays and Fridays and no classes on Wednesdays. So I just grind and I work on Gift Pocket. Then I make time for it at night. And I think you know, when you are passionate about something, you will make time for it. And that's definitely what um, I've been doing. And, you know, the direction that gift pockets going is gift cards. They're a crazy industry. Everyone receives them, gets them all the time, but brands, they don't know who their gift card holders are. They don't know how to connect to them, how to get people to spend them, how to people to remind them to spend them. And so right now we're working with brands where we can connect them to their gift card holders so that we can incentivize them, incentivize you, the shopper, to use your gift card. So, you know, imagine you had an extra discount to use your gift card. And so really trying to connect the brands to their gift card holders and building that relationship is what we're doing right now through Gift Pocket. Wow, I really love that because as an entrepreneur, you're always thinking, okay, what is the unique value proposition? Who are the customers? So the customers are not only the regular people, but actually brands, which makes your company so much more valuable. So that's really awesome. Let me ask you a question about how do you manage it? What's your structure right now? How many people you have? And uh, uh, what is your day to day? Yes, no, definitely. I think the thing that I've had to learn is the importance of delegating certain roles. We have five part-time people on our team that have 10 to 20 plus years experience in their industry. We have three college student interns and we have a lot of consultants. And so I think by having all those people, I've, you know, I want to be involved in everything. It's, you know, gift pocket in a way is my baby. Like, and so I want to protect it, make sure my vision, everything comes across, but there comes a point where I can't be involved in everything. I'm currently raising money. I'm helping build these brand partnerships. And so sometimes I can't, you know, do everything. So I have to delegate, but I think 
trying your best to time management, schedule out your day has definitely really helped facilitate a better way for me to manage everything, including school. But I always like to say is I'm working on gift pocket and going to school on the side. Mm, yeah, I agree with that. I think that's really important for people to see that education becomes a tool later on when you actually do have a vision and the goal in your life. So your goal is the gift pocket. And I want to take you down the memory lane. When you're 12 and you have the idea, how did you start thinking about it, talking about who were the instrumental people in your life that helped you to go through with the idea and actually make it a real thing. Yes, for sure. So I think entrepreneurs are born. I think a small percentage of entrepreneurs can be taught, but I think a lot of entrepreneurs are born. And when I was five years old, I wanted to have a lemonade stand. I didn't live on a busy street, so I wanted to put on the busy street. I did it on the hottest day of the year. I passed out flyers. I think just my mindset and how I wanted to frame, you know, selling lemonade was just the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey. And I always wanted to solve problems. I hated when people tell me no, and I always want to be told yes. And every single Christmas, my grandfather would give me gift cards to stores for 30 year old women. And I was like, grandpa, like I just want a target gift card. He would never give me a target gift card. And so I would try to sell my gift card that he gave me to my mom. And she told me, no, I was like, are you kidding me? I want to get rid of this gift card and I can't. And so I was, I need to solve this problem and inspire gift pocket. You know, I always have gift card. I have a ton of other gift cards that I do like have them all on my app, but I get a gift card. I don't like, I can exchange it, get rid of it. Don't have to worry about my mom, not buying it off me because I can just sell it through gift pocket. And then I always have my gift cards with me. And I think being an entrepreneur and why most people become an entrepreneur is because they're sick and tired of facing the same problem over and over again. And they want to be the one to solve it because they don't think anyone is either solving it or is going to solve it the way that they want it to be solved. Yeah, that's amazing. It's really a great story about how you said that you were an, a born entrepreneur and uh, that you had a problem, a real problem that a, a real person faced. So uh, when you had the idea, how did you go about actually, um, you know, building it? Because when you're 12, I don't know if you took up programming, but there's whole another array of UI, UX and the design and a whole bunch of things that you need to figure out as a 12-year-old. And I wonder what kind of tools you used, what infrastructure you had at the time where you were growing up. Yes, definitely. When I came up with the idea of Gift Pocket, I thought apps were made in days. I had absolutely no idea what computer science was. Well, that's far from the truth. Luckily, so I came up with the idea when I was in the Young Entrepreneurs Academy, which is a program for sixth through 12th graders to start their own business. It was in Columbus, Ohio, and it's all around the world. And I wanted to create the solve gift, get a gift card problem, created a product. I won the competition. And at the end, there was people from Revel and Ventures, which is a like venture capital firm, but also an innovation hub in Columbus, Ohio. And they took me on as an engaged client. And Mike Blackwell, he's on my board and he's one of an awesome, awesome person, but he's a very big product person. And I wireframed, I planned out the flow of the whole entire app for about a year and a half or so working diligently on like, how's it going to work? How's it going to flow? And then I met with developers and 
and they connected me to the right people and and the, the right designers and I think when you have a good idea and you're connected to the right people you will find the way to develop that to make it possible it definitely takes time but I think I've learned so much each year of gift pocket each year has been completely different I wouldn't trade it for anything Yeah, that's really awesome. I'm really glad that you had the opportunity to actually go to an academy for young entrepreneurs. So did Michael also invest in your company at that point? No, he hasn't invested. We've been self-funded and we're raising money right now. So uh, we're raising a 500k convertible debt round. I think it's just, it's definitely hard being a woman and a 19 year old raising money. But, you know, I haven't let this this adversity stopped me yet. And I plan to never let that happen, but it's definitely a, a challenge. And I wouldn't recommend it to anyone that likes the the word no, but uh, I, I've learned the, that no is the closer way to a yes. So that's what I've been trying to tell myself. <laughs> yeah, right. And um, oh, going back to your school days at this academy, what were the things that you loved most and what were the things that you thinking, oh, that's not that useful, but I have to do it because it's in the curriculum of the school. So this was not through my school. This was a different program. I mean, this is when I was 12, so I'm, I'm 19 now, but I think the thing is, is I like to think big. I like to think out like side the box and I don't know. I think sometimes I don't like when people like hold me back. And so I think it was nice because like certain things, like it was a whole class about how to start a business. We met with founders. So that was really cool because that, but like, I kind of, I want to be in a place. And that's why I really liked Mike Blackwell because he literally was just like, like wireframe, whatever the hell you want could be like, it could be an impossible feature, but let's put every feature on the plate. And then we can decide if it's not possible or not, because you know, at least we're being creative Let's, and then we can come back and redefine things. But I kind of like that because I own my brain's always thinking, my brain's always spinning and I needed to see everything before I could decide what I want to give pocket to fully be. Yeah, I think it's amazing that you were talking about the exchanges that uh, the gift pocket is in, is enabling. And that's almost like everybody's dream when you get a gift card and (laughs) you don't like where is it from, you know, or it doesn't exactly match the usage that you usually do. And and the the funniest thing these days, you can't even check how much is on the balance to go on and, and shop on the internet. So this is like all that wireframing that you've done for years, it really paid off because I think there is a really good, unique value proposition there. And I just want to remind everyone that it it did take you over six, seven years to actually uh, get to a point where it's an app that is really cool and people use it. And another probably six years before that, when you were in the academy, like, you know, after your lemonade stand kind of projects, <laughs> trying to think what the other things that you can do. So it does take time. And that's why I think it's really great when you start really young, you can go on. Thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think another thing too, is like, when I came with the idea of gift pocket, like cash and credit cards were still heavily used, like just by themselves. Now digital payments are a huge space and paying from your phone, paying from like online. And so I think 
sometimes the world isn't ready for your product when you first come up with it, but doesn't mean you can just, you know, you should never do it. If you think about it, I don't know if you've seen Squid Games, but the script was written for it in 2008. He threw the script away and was planning on never producing it, but he decided that, you know what, screw it, I'm going to produce it. And so I think sometimes the world isn't ready for what you want to do right then and there, but when it's ready, it's going to be an awesome product that people are going to really want to use and share and talk about. Yeah, I agree with that. I think definitely now is the real time for it. And a lot of people are looking for those alternatives to talk about the alternatives. What is your horizon for competitors look like? What what do you see and what are their unique value propositions comparing to the gift pocket? Yes. You know, the gift card space, there's a lot of competitors. We have gift, raise, givingly, but I think the thing that we like to pay attention to is what makes us different. All of our competitors focus on the people who buy the most amount of gift cards, which is the moms and the parents and the coupon collectors, but who receives the most amount of gift cards? Teenagers and college students. We want to help those people with gift cards and we want to help them know where the gift cards are, exchange gift cards and connect to the brands. And so we're doing these really cool college activation strategies with where we partner with brands and do um, where we do different things with college students. And can't give all that away because it's not fully um, finalized yet. But I think our strategy of working with college students and how we talk to brands is different. And we want to be the place that you buy all your gift cards for your college student, because that's the only place to buy them. And I think, I think there's, you know, awesome that we have competitors in the space because we can learn what they're doing and do it better or learn what they're not doing and make sure we have it. So I think competitors are just a reality of starting a business in today's world, but um, I would never let them stop you unless you know, if you like, unless you like look at a company and you're like, this is literally perfect, which I think there's no perfect company out there. So I think you have to look at company and how how do you do it better? And how do you gain a market share? Wow. Awesome. I really love it because when you have competitors, it means you're validated that your market is real and you just nailed about the customers that they're focusing on. It's so true. You can find gift cards, mostly in grocery stores, anywhere that, you know, high traffic for kids and moms. Again, what do you get is a very, very difficult to use tool for a student college. I mean, college student, what is it with me today with the college and the student words? So it's really amazing. I love that. Yeah, no, I think the thing that makes us different is we want to have every single brand on Gift Pocket. We love the Targets. We love the Chipotles of the world, but My favorite brand is my local coffee shop here on campus. So I want that gift card on my phone and I want my mom to be able to send that to me. And so I think our approach is we don't, you know, we want every gift card. And I think certain companies are like, we're too big to even care about certain small brands, but we want to support local. We want, I think local is local brands, mom and pop shops are what make you know, communities, states, and so many other things so important. And so I think our focus on driving that kind of growth within Gift Pocket is also very helpful in differentiating ourselves. Oh, yeah. I, I remember the campus days. We used to have a G-World card at GW 
where you can load it up. I mean, mostly your parents would load it up and you can spend it anywhere on campus. So there you go, there's another competitor, like most of the colleges would have some kind of card. But you know, it's besides the point because that's only for your direct parents who are taking care of your college to do that. So anyone other than those people wouldn't be able to contribute to that. And that's where the gift pocket comes in. So you can get all this, all those gifts and, and all the cash from friends and the rest of the family. So this is amazing. Uh, and I love that you mentioned about competitions and actually that you had to go through a competition to get to your first mentor, to get to the wireframing and the developers and actually make the product real. So I wanna talk about the competition and your approach, how you manage through it. Uh, what is your advice to any other college students or uh, high, high school students that would like to take their idea and go to a pitch night or some kind of startup competition? Yes, definitely. I've participated in a ton of pitch competitions and sharing an idea. And I think the thing that I've realized the most right now is when you go to those competitions, you either have anywhere from 60 seconds to five minutes. And so they need to see the vision and the potential in that short period of time. You don't have time to like, you know, talk about stuff, dilly dally, like get to the point. What are you doing? How are you going to do it? And how are you going to do it different? How are you going to stand out? There's you know, tons and tons of businesses were started during the pandemic because people lost their jobs and needed to find a way to, you know, overcome with their situation. And so I think, how are you going to stand out? And I think we, we, I, I, I think the thing is, is sometimes I'm like, I think everyone knows my company, but they don't. And so I kind of go in with that preconceived notion, but they don't. And so you need to share it quickly and then get to the vision because especially when you're meeting with like VCs and those type of people, they just want to see where's the money and where's the growth and where they, where can they make this profitable? And so I think, you know, you don't have to be profitable right now, but like, how are you going to get to that path? And, and why should they believe in you? Why should they believe that you're that person that can make that product successful? Wow. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that already. Like the pace of the speech that you have, the confidence you project and the passion you have for what you're doing, the conviction, it, it comes across even for the podcast. It's just amazing. The energy and the passion you bring, I, I'm loving it. And um, I think that's one of the things that made you successful. I'm kind of curious about your opinion of how it came about. Like, okay, you were a born entrepreneur when you were five, you were doing like lemonade stands and things like that. But still, there has to be a certain circumstances or some kind of surrounding that influence you. You know, it could be negative where you had to push back or it could be positive where it was nurtured. But I'm kind of curious to see because I always been into that kind of research about how uh, the first five, seven years of people's lives uh, make a whole bunch of impact into who they become as people and not necessarily about the profession, but their whole attitude about life, how they take things, uh, how they're resilient. Uh, so I'm just curious about that. Yeah, no, I've really struggled with the idea of like, are entrepreneurs born? Are they made? And I think 
I don't think there's a right answer to that question. I, I, at the beginning of this year, I was like, everyone, if you're an entrepreneur, you're born an entrepreneur. But I think there's potential that they can be made. And I think like you kind of were saying the five to seven years are super pivotal. My, both my parents are entrepreneurs. My uncle's an entrepreneur. My grandfather's an entrepreneur. My mom is, owns her own business and it is in a quote unquote position of power. And I think I never really took that for granted, but like, I, I should, like, it's like, it's crazy. Like not many women are in her shoes. And like, I always thought I could do whatever I want because she was doing what, what she wanted. She was making a name for herself. She was winning awards. And I think by seeing my mom in those positions, I never doubted that I couldn't be like that. And, um, I've been, uh, I'm taking this class this semester at Boston College and we're having a bunch of, I'm taking, it's a technology class. We meet with a bunch of founders and venture capitalists. And a lot of the founders are male. A lot of the venture capitalists are male. And I, I think I was, I was, I've been so shocked. I've been honestly very upset because I was like, I, I, I think it's because, and I don't, not that I, you know, it's awesome. These men are doing great things, but women can be doing equally as well in those positions. But I think it's sometimes due to the fact that we don't believe that we can be in those positions. We don't see ourselves in those positions like a someone similar that we don't even think that's an option. And so I'm very fortunate to have had a mom and you know my dad who supported me and never once doubted that I could do whatever the hell I wanted. And it's it makes me really upset because I want to I want to continue to do that for other women because I, I, I'm just like, I'm just shocked, like how dominated certain fields are by men and how much like women have troubles in this world that I didn't even think should exist. And so I definitely agree. I think those five to seven, those first five to seven years are pivotal, but if you can immerse your child into a way that, that they don't even think certain things are going to limit them is super awesome. And I hope to do that for my kids and hope to help kids uh, that aren't even mine to believe that they can do whatever they want. Yes, I, I believe so. And I think family is so important, having those role models and having the support. Um, but, you know, even when you don't have the support, you can always find the support elsewhere. And right now there are so many um free resources to look into to start honing your skill and apply to things and apply to competitions and go into free education, sometimes paid education. But the main thing is to have the desire. So uh, I'm hoping with this podcast, I'm also sparking some desire in young entrepreneurs to actually go that route. And in corporate professionals to finally leave the job that is not bringing joy and and take that courage to start their business that they're really passionate about. So I'm I'm really happy that we met and when I have an opportunity, you know, I could maybe come up with a organize like a little chat for my students at the uh, Innova School of Business. I'm uh, teaching the teens on the steps of how to open the business, uh, what are the areas of their passion to really find their own way. So I'm happy that you shared your journey today with us. And it's been a great story. And I see that you have, you're living an exciting life. So I'm now would like to 
talk about the future. How do you see your Boston College education, you know, integrated with your business? Uh, where do you see yourself in the next five years? I, that's a difficult question because I, I'm a big like future person, but then like when you have to like sit down and think about it, it's like, I, I don't want to predict the future because if you predict the future, then it, will it happen or not? But I think the thing is, is one of the awesome things about Gift Pocket is our college, our target demographic is college students. Who am I? A college student. So I have my target demographic literally next door to me in my classrooms. And so I can leverage that. And so I think it's awesome. I, and I want to continue to do that. Will I finish my four years of college? Will I finish them early? Will I finish them in 10 years? I have no idea. I think it really just depends on the success of Gift Pocket and where I'm at. I think, um, I think a college degree is great for the education, but it's so much more about the people you meet, the network you build, and what you do with your four years that you're there. And so I really have met a lot of awesome people and I want to continue to do that. But if I think if there's an opportunity to leave, I don't know. Like if, there, if someone offers me a million dollars, will I turn that down? I don't know. But I think the with Gift Pocket and how we want to tackle college students and how we want to like focus on doing campaigns on certain college campuses will be super helpful. And I think, where do I see myself in five years? I really don't know. I love the payment space, the fintech space and changing customer behavior and you know helping customers and helping people and um, is super big and what I want to do. Where does that fit in? I don't know. Will I be in the gift card space forever? I don't know. The gift card space is a pack of old losers. I'll be honest with you. They're very uninnovative and it pisses me off because I want to change things and they're very stagnant and very old in their ways. And so I will stay in the gift card industry to change it. But if, I, if people prevent me from changing it, then it may be hard for me to stay in it. But I, that's why I really am so passionate about gift pocket, because that's another reason why there's such a big gap is these brands think that they can just stay the same and do nothing about gift cards when gift cards are such a powerful currency. I don't know. I want to create change in this world and help people. And so where will I be in five years? Hopefully in New York City doing something awesome and hopefully it's still on gift pocket or I, I sold gift pocket and sitting on some money and can do whatever I want that makes me happy and helps people. Oh, awesome. I love that vision. And it, it's just, you know, it was supposed to be my last question, but it led me to a very curious question now. If you did sit on large, large, like absolutely huge amount of money, what would you be doing? I definitely would want to do spend more time on the stock market and like really like, you know, playing around with money and like options trading. But um, I really want, I want to travel and see the world. And I, I think um, put some money into real estate. I think the thing is, is I would definitely start a venture capital firm and only invest in fem female startups, but I would respond to everyone. I think there's this, I, well, one thing I hate about raising money is that people don't respond to you or don't even give you like the time of day. Like if you have an application on your website that people can apply for funding, at least say that you saw it or something like that. And so if I become a venture capitalist, like I want to change the narrative and I want to help people and I want to see them successful. And 
yeah like and I think the thing is is like if all the money in the fund is my money I will be able to make it around my missions and not have to worry about the other LPs and what they want to do and so I would that's my goal is to have my own venture fund and just have it be my money so that I can actually help people and not have to worry about that return I mean the return's obviously awesome and one of the goals but I think helping people and seeing women successful is way more important. Wow. It's huge. I love it. I think your uh, big vision is going to pay off and it's because it, it, it helps others and those big noble goals, they always come true. So I am all cheering for the next round of, you know, of your raising money and whatever it is that you need. And I see a lot of um, interesting opportunities for us to collaborate, which we can talk about later. (laughs) But I want to thank you today for your time. And again, I think Gift Pocket is an amazing product. So uh, good luck with everything. Thank you so much. I really appreciate having me on. And I, even though I'm not a venture capitalist or haven't done you know, a crazy amount of stuff, you can always reach out to me at brooke at giftpocket.com. I'm happy if you have an idea or just want to talk, like reach out to me and make sure to download Gift Pocket and share it with your friends.